Hey guys, TJ here. We're talking about how to become unoffended. And man, that is a topic for the last year. If there was a topic for the last year, it is this topic, how to become unoffended. And something I never really thought about until I got healing in my heart was the idea of having an unoffendable heart. And what that practically means is you are no longer looking at life through the lens of your own pain, and thereby you're able to see other people's pain clearly. And wow, that is an act of God. (laughs) If you're able to do that 24-7, that's an act of God. God has really done a number in me in terms of being able to help me see through that lens a lot more clearly as I've gone through healing. Remember the first four letters of getting healthy are heal. And you want to be thinking about, okay, healing as a, as a means of getting healthy might look like having a different perspective on the pain that I see. In other words, whether I'm you know, looking inwardly and just stuck on myself and having bondage to self-consciousness or whether I'm actually bringing my attention and energy toward, God's con- toward God consciousness where I can see other people's pain with where they're at, right? And so if there's a topic for you to be diving into in in terms of just getting healing in your heart and what that practically looks like in your life. It it looks like uh, having an unoffendable heart, an unoffended heart. Um, and, And I think this topic of how to become unoffended will lead you into more of that. So I hope that you get value from listening. Uh, Again, please share with anybody who might benefit from receiving and uh, leave a rating or review if you do get value. So thanks so much for being here. I appreciate you. So I wanted to talk about the idea of, of becoming offended and how to become unoffended, how to become unoffended. Now, this, is, this is something that I think resonates so deeply with the time that we're in just as a world, like more connected than we've been before. And um, honestly, like offense has never been so public. Offense has never been so public. And so for me specifically, something that I needed to um, do in the last like really like five, seven years is I needed to go through healing from my own offense. And I'm just amazed at how God actually allowed me to um, do that before offense became so public, so global. Uh, and and just the last year, what we've seen, it's not that it's new, it's just that it's been revealed. And so, I mean, a, a classic example is Martin Luther King, Dr. King. Um, he was doing the civil rights movement, I guess they were going to Chicago, and he said um, people were getting upset with him because they were going to Chicago and it was causing rioting. And he said, when a patient receives news from the doctor that they have cancer, do they blame the doctor for showing them what's been happening all along? And to me, I think with this idea of offense, that's really key. Understanding that there are things that have been hiding Uh, and have been happening all along in our hearts that are just getting provoked uh, really right now in 
just the time in the world that we're at with all of these different things, a lot of people in isolation and then being the only form of connection being whatever they're receiving um, through their social media feeds, uh, text messages, or the news that they read. And so it's really important that we're able to raise our awareness to the fact that we have our own offense and that influences our actions. Uh, and so for me, the starting point to becoming unoffended, right? If I, if I think about it, it's like, why would I even want to become unoffended? And that's the key. Most people don't even recognize that they have the choice to agree with the offense in their heart. Most people don't realize that offense is hiding in their heart. And when they see it, when they start to experience it because they have anger, resentment, bitterness, whatever it might be, they don't realize that they have a choice to agree. They don't realize that they have a choice to hold on to that offense or to let it go. And something I wrote here on Facebook was, you may not need their apology, you may not need a healthy conversation, but you do need to choose a different perspective. And that's absolutely key. When it comes to becoming unoffended, that really starts with accepting the fact that I have a choice to be offended and it's harder to choose to be unoffended, to, to lay down my offense, than it is to choose to sit in my own anger and bitterness, if you're honest, right? And so what that practically looks like is if you have somebody who's wronged you, it's much easier to, to use the weapon than it is to lay it down and give them a hug. And I think that's a great example of what it would look like if we choose to lay down our offense. Now, I'm not talking about like social justice and societal offense, although that applies there too. I'm talking about our personal offense and our day-to-day -day interactions. And when we recognize that we have offense in our hearts and that is stealing our peace, but also other people's opportunity to connect on a deeper level to experience the power and love of God, then, you know, we can actually start to take responsibility. Once we have that awareness, we can start to take responsibility for our choice that we have in any given situation. Now, you may have been offended by men and what they've done to you in your life. You may have been offended by women and what they've done to you in your life. You may have been offended by uh, your boss, a friend, a family member, um, you may have been offended by a number of people, and you may not have realized how much offense you've been carrying. And I'll give you a simple example. For, for many people who have dysfunctional family dynamics, which I don't know who doesn't, they choose to defend, I'm talking about a child, chooses to defend the parent that caused really the greatest dysfunction and the greatest offense. And so when you start to realize and raise your awareness, oh my gosh, this parent in my life caused a lot of dysfunction, you can then choose to, to agree with all the bitterness, the resentment towards that parent, or you can choose to start to validate the fact that those are real emotions, validate the fact that those things happen, and then choose to lay it down and see past them. The problem is in the world right now, we have way too many people who are viewing the world through the lens of their own pain. And what happens is when you view the world through the lens of your own pain, you can't see other people's problems. 
when you view the world through the lens of your own pain, it forces or it it turns you against the world and you can't see past uh, your own issues. And so one of the keys, and this, this makes a lot of sense, right? Because one of the keys to becoming unoffended and having a heart that is unoffended is to is to actually heal so you can see past your own issues and your own pain and see people for where they're at truly, which is in pain. And, and one of the perspective shifts that really helped me to do this is when I was working on Wall Street, you know, one of the, I guess, ideologies, philosophies that's commonly shared is that... Um, you know, nine times out of 10 people are out to get you. And that, that philosophy and that mentality in life will hurt you. That philosophy and that mentality is a form of self-preservation and protection to keep you from being harmed. Now, there's nothing wrong with preparation. There's nothing wrong with foresight. There's nothing wrong with being able to see beyond um, you know, just where you're at and, and not being naive. But there is something wrong with, with nine times out of 10 or majority thinking that somebody is out to harm you. Because what I've found is that if you're looking for gold, you're going to find it. And so, in other words, the opposite is true. If you're looking for somebody to offend you, you're going to find it. So, that principle of assumption of assumption of malicious intent is going to lead to your offense in one way or another. You're going to be offended. So if we have this perception that, oh, these types of people always mean this, when that happens, I know exactly who they are, well, then you're going to be offended. One of the key shifts for me was realizing that nine times out of 10, People don't have malicious intent. They're ignorant. And ignorant just means they simply don't know. It's not stupid. It's not dumb. It's they simply just have a perspective or don't have a perspective that you have. They don't know. And that's okay. And so when we start to accept that that's how it is most of the time, you start to see, wow, actually, I have more compassion than I do a feeling of offense because I'm able to see past somebody's own somebody's ignorance. And I think a lot of us need to evaluate what that might look like in our lives because we might be going through our day-to-day, going through our relationships or even our interactions at work. We might be going through our day-to-day under the impression that people are out to offend you. People are out to get you. They're out to, to hurt you, to harm you. And that, by the way, when they do, because everybody's now aware of their own offense, you need to have a healthy conversation about it. And that's not necessarily true. You may not need a healthy conversation, but you do need to choose a different perspective. And for me, I'll tell you what, a lot of people who have offense, they start to understand they've been carrying bitterness, anger, resentment towards maybe their family. A lot of people don't actually even have the opportunity to have that conversation. So what do you do if you can't have that conversation? Actually, like, what do you do if you can't have a healthy conversation? 
Today, you'll see people on social media and they're offended by what somebody else says and then they want to have a healthy conversation about it. Oh, well, we just need to engage in a healthy conversation. No, not necessarily. You actually don't necessarily need to engage in a healthy conversation every time you're offended. The reality is you do need to have a different perspective and you do need to have a relationship with God where you give that to him and you say, Lord, I don't understand what's going on here, but I, I can't control other people. And I know that you have a perspective about them that I do not. So what do you want to show me about these people? What do you want to show me about their lives that I need to see so that I don't just carry out my offense passively? passively, aggressively with them uh, so that I don't actually transfer my offense from them to people who maybe I think are like them because all I'm doing is feeding my mind with news and feeds and other things that corroborate my belief that all people like this uh, will do these things and all people who look this way believe these things. No, it's actually having a lot more curiosity to get a greater perspective and choose something that is potentially uh, beyond what you can see, making the assumption or the, the core belief, developing the core belief that nine times out of 10, people simply are ignorant. People simply don't know. They don't necessarily have malicious intent. And also, it's not our job to correct everybody because that's exhausting. It is absolutely within our responsibility to take responsibility for ourselves and to have those conversations naturally as they come up or as needed. But I think because people are starting to realize that offense is real, bitterness, anger, resentment, whatever, they want to have a conversation about it. They want to have the apology and then if they don't get the conversation in the way that they expected it or the apology in the way that they thought they needed it, well, then they're offended even more. In other words, you just want to continue choosing your offense. The offense is more comfortable than the actual laying down of your offense and having true freedom. And that's, that is people's reality right now, is that they'd rather come into agreement with offense than they would lay down their weapons, lay down their opinions, lay down the need for healthy conversation, apology, forget all these other things so that they could actually have true freedom so that they could actually live differently and see people through a different lens. It's much easier. It's much more comfortable if we're looking at people through the lens in which we have some predictability through the lens in which we can see, Oh, this is this type of person. Therefore, Oh, I can understand and I can see. It's much less comfortable to approach it from the perspective of, oh, I actually just don't know. Like, I, I read that news article, but I really don't know. Or no, I, I, ha I saw that person share that story. I, I actually, I don't know. Oh, I read that this, this was this person's action. And while everybody says action speaks louder than words, I actually don't know. Because I'll never forget this, I heard... You could have somebody up on stage speaking and, and they're giving the best message in the world and you got somebody in the front row sleeping with their eyes closed. But then you come to realize after running into them at the end of the event that this person wasn't sleeping, they were praying for you. 
And so while people believe actions speak louder than words, oh, I saw you sleeping, they don't necessarily know what the action means. In other words, as you make that assumption standing on stage speaking that this person must be sleeping, you've come into agreement that somebody wants to offend you. And that's not necessarily true. Who knows what their situation is? You actually don't know. Maybe they had a long day. Maybe they're a single mom of of five kids and they're showing up to this event because they thought this would help them. And and maybe they had this other situation happen and so they couldn't get sleep the night before. And so now they're, or maybe they're actually praying for you or maybe they have a condition. You just genuinely don't know. But people want to believe that, that they know so that they can come into agreement with something they're familiar with rather than choosing to lay down their offense, rather than choosing to approach situations, people, situations with more curiosity saying, man, I wonder what is actually going on here. And so part of the, of the process of becoming unoffended starts with recognizing, yeah, we might have a desire to be offended because then it gives us some sort of, uh, you know, like reason to, to, to get upset, frankly. And, and I don't even have another way to say it because some people are more comfortable being upset and complaining than they are being at peace and having joy. I mean, seriously, some people are more comfortable in the position of negativity than they are of actually experiencing, wow, there's so much freedom in being at peace. Like, and, and that I can speak from personal experience because if, if that's the environment you surround yourself with, well, then well, what's to be expected? And many of us didn't necessarily choose environments like that when we were, I don't know, born <laughs> and we were raised in environments of negativity and judgment. So that's what we got familiar with. So of course you're going to gravitate towards that. But guess what? You don't have to. That's your choice as to whether you want to continue living that way or whether you want to actually say, no, I get to be at peace. I get to have freedom. I choose to lay down my offense because I don't need to carry that. In other words, it's actually not only helpful to me, it's helpful to everybody. It's helpful to everyone if I choose to be unoffended. And it's amazing watching Jesus in this TV series called Chosen. And it is biblical. And they do such an amazing job of representing him in what I believe is like a pretty accurate light. There's definitely an anointing on this series. Because I'm crying every time I see Jesus on this series. But what's amazing is Jesus literally represents being unoffended. When people want to choose offense against him, and these are biblical stories that they're, that they're sharing visually on this TV series. When Jesus, when Jesus has people who want to choose offense against him, they, there he is in Jesus' fashion, the true character of God saying, I totally understand why you would have that response. I totally understand why you'd have that reaction. And his compassion is mind-blowing as it is in real life because he's alive. He's alive in our hearts. His compassion is mind-blowing, not only in the TV series, but I'm saying practically. I'm saying it's amazing when we allow Jesus to actually do his thing in our lives. It's amazing what kind of compassion we have for other people. I'm like, wow, that is not me. Because if, if, and I can even read you a comment that I had, 
But if you saw the things that people would say to me and and I think about, well, what would my knee-jerk reaction be? My knee-jerk reaction would be like, dude, screw you. You have no idea who I am or what I do. You have no idea anything about my past. And that could be a flesh reaction. But what God has done in my heart is he said, TJ, you don't have to choose offense. In fact, my grace is sufficient. My grace is not only sufficient for them, it's sufficient for you. And so you can choose to actually just rest in me knowing that I truly value you, knowing how I see you, rather than allowing other people's opinions, words, actions to dictate how you see yourself. And once we have that realization, we have much less offense. It's amazing. Now, I offended somebody by not allowing tarot cards in my apartment. You know what? Again, when you have healthy boundaries, it's likely you'll offend. And, and I'm sharing that. I didn't say that specifically earlier, but that's exactly what this is about, is, is having healthy boundaries. And I've just said it in so many different ways. It's choosing what we allow in our life. It's choosing even if we allow offense in our life. And, and I think it's so important for us to talk about this. Now, I got another question here. How do you deal with somebody who jumps to conclusions without asking questions and understanding the other person's position? That's a great question. How do you deal with somebody who jumps to conclusions without asking questions? Well, I will say this. Leave the arguing to the fools. That's the first thing. If somebody doesn't want to have a conversation, doesn't choose to see your perspective then I would say, Lord, you need to show this person something because if they're completely closed off, then there's no opening for that new perspective, even if you shared something that made total sense that would totally relieve and re resolve the problem. And you see this happen all the time. People would rather choose their offense than the perspective that would change their opinion. And if you think about that, right, people would rather choose the offense and the perspective would change their opinion. What you're talking about are people's core beliefs. If you're going to be presenting something that maybe changes somebody's core belief about you or a situation, and, and, it's, and it's truth, which, which truth sets you free and truth can be offensive, well, then they have to be open to it. I said something earlier on Instagram about how you can lead people to truth, but they have to choose it. Like you can't force people to choose truth. You can't. And I think that's an issue, not just in the church, but that's an issue amongst friend groups. You can't choose people to choose. Uh, you can't force people to choose truth. All you can do is present it with an open hand and say, Hey, this is here for you. It's okay. If you don't want to have that conversation, I don't need to either then. But how do you disarm or neutralize such behavior in somebody? That's a great question. And you know, what's funny is, um, I remember somebody described something about me to me and it was surprising and I never, it was surprising because I never really thought about it. And they used the word, Hey, you're really disarming. You're really disarming. And I didn't necessarily even know how to respond to that because I'd never thought about myself like that being disarming. But I think if I were to just kind of say, okay, Lord, like, what did you put in me? I don't have an answer immediately. I'm just, I'm praying right now. Like, Lord, what did you put in me that is disarming? Because obviously, Jesus, you're disarming. 
But what is that? And I think if I'm real, um, the first thing that kind of came to me is it's not carrying judgment into that conversation with that person. I think being disarming first requires you to approach the conversation of being non-judgmental and having more questions than answers. I think that's one of the real keys. Now, I'm not perfect. I have had times in my life where I've had terrible attitude. There's one time in specific that I'm thinking of where I was like, gosh, I was so judgmental of that person. And it was so unfair and it was so unhealthy and all these other things. And I remember even being corrected for this. And I thought that I had something wrong in my character when really I was just in environments that had led me to bring out a really negative side of me. It wasn't who I truly am. And so I've learned, oh, that's not how God made me. And I can choose to be how God made me, which is disarming, which is curious, which is uh, humble and non-judgmental. And I've learned those things. But I, I've also learned that for as disarming as you can be naturally, we are all susceptible because of our own offense. We are all susceptible to uh, being, how do I say this? Somebody who offends. It's that simple. You know, we are susceptible to be somebody who offends. And when I say somebody who offends, I'm talking with, with, with judgment. Because it's one thing to offend with truth. It's another thing to offend with, um, with criticism and judgment. And the truth sets you free and criticism and judgment, well, that sounds like bondage. And so to me, I think it's really important to make the distinction that, you know, while we can be disarming, uh, we can also be somebody who offends. And there is a difference between offending uh, and, and offending in truth versus offending because, you know, we are ignorant ourselves, if that makes sense. So that's a great, that's a really great question. I hope that that makes sense to you. Uh, yes, it's a choice to hold your fence once you're aware of it. Yeah, and the Bible says capture the first thought in this case of offense. I'm just reading comments. This is really good, guys. If you have any other questions, I'd love to actually hear what questions you have. But I think it's really important that we're talking about this. I think it's really important that we're communicating that offense is real. And you know what's funny is as I was looking up offense and, uh, and I was looking up the opposite, I was like, oh, what's the opposite of offense? The opposite of offense, naturally, uh, in, in kind of like the, the way I was looking it up, the opposite of offense in my head or offense is defense. And I was like, oh my gosh, somebody who is defensive, and I know we're using two different spellings of words here, but somebody who's defensive is somebody who's offended. And so when we're offended, if we choose to be defensive, man, we're just staying stuck in that cycle. So how do you break it? And the way that you break it is you choose to say, I don't need to defend. I actually don't need to defend. Now, I'm not saying lay down, uh, but what I am saying is there is... On, there's a point where you start to realize I have nothing to defend, including myself, including, uh, you know, a reputation or a comment or whatever it might be. Some people just want to be offended and they just want to have an argument. 
and they just want to blame somebody for the trauma that has gone unresolved in their life. And that is absolutely something that I've experienced in my own life because uh, I didn't validate a lot of my own offense growing up so that I would be able to navigate uh, well, so that I could perform, so that I could succeed or whatever you want to call it. I wanted to just be able to get past my more difficult emotions so I would blunt those emotions by not validating pain. And for me, that didn't end up very well. And so when I came to the realization that I had a lot of, un, lot of unresolved trauma or, or pain that happened, there's varying degrees of trauma, primary, secondary, um, but I had a lot of trauma and things in my past that I didn't even know about before I was born that I had received generationally, I didn't even know. Things that I was born into in dysfunction, uh, things that I created for myself in decisions, Right, I had to realize, oh my gosh, some of this I brought upon myself, some of this I didn't bring upon anyone, including myself. And so how do I deal with that pain? How do I, how do I validate that and move on in a healthy way? And, and you can get caught in this kind of place of like too much validation where all you want to do is just validate pain, validate pain, validate pain, and then you never move forward. And all you want to do is sit and it turns into complaining. So validating pain turns into complaining and really being a victim and feeling like or communicating that you're powerless and believing narratives that you're powerless in your life. And that's not true. Um, However, there may have been a time in your life in which you were powerless and you need to validate that and say, okay, I can understand that that was a reality in my life. It's also not the truth of how God designed this life to be or how he made me. In other words, he's, he's given me not a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of might uh, and self-control and opportunity. And I can choose to, um, to agree with truth, which sets me free, right? Or I can choose to agree with lies that want to keep me in bondage in the cycle of offense that I was talking about, offense, defense, offense, defense. And that all is broken through forgiveness, if I'm real. You know, you can validate all the pain you want, but you have to actually not just repent, change the way that you think, make a different decision or agreement, but you also then have to receive forgiveness. And the key word there that a lot of people don't realize is receive. You have to receive that forgiveness. It's not just something that you say, okay, uh, I forgive myself and it's all good. No, it's like you actually have to, in your heart, make a decision to choose to receive forgiveness. And unless you're able to really do that, you're going to find yourself stuck back in that same cycle. And the thing about forgiveness is it's not a one-time deal. Is It's like a daily commitment, you know? And there are things, mistakes you're going to make, but people don't understand that forgiveness is God's display of grace. And grace is not overlooking mistakes. Grace is the opportunity to change. And many people don't know how to receive forgiveness because they recognize in their head, they're like, wait, you can't just overlook mistakes for myself or others. There has to be some consequence. So they want to choose to live in condemnation, which is actually choosing to live uh, with the consequence of maybe their decisions or other people's decisions that they don't need to live with. If you think about this and if you're following and tracking with what I'm saying, what I'm saying is a lot of people choose their own suffering that they don't need to choose. 
And I'm not saying that we don't experience suffering. I'm not saying that pain isn't a part of life, but it's going to come to you whether you like it or not. Pain and suffering are part of life, and we don't need to invite more of it into our lives, especially when Jesus, if you believe Jesus is who he says he is, especially when he died on the cross. The man walked this earth as a son of man, son of God. He died on the cross for our sin, meaning for past, present, future sin. And then he rose again and he's alive and he's literally in our hearts. Why did he do that? It's not just atonement covering our sin. It's actually exchanging our sin for the peace within him. And that's what we get to receive, right? That's what we get to receive. So if you actually believe that in your heart, if you believe Jesus is who he says he is, son of man, son of God, if you believe Jesus is the Messiah, Yeshua, then why the heck are you walking around paying the price for your suffering and mistakes when you've made a conscious decision that you want to change? And God says, great, receive forgiveness and be free. Why do you want to choose to stay offended? Why do you want to choose to stay in the cycle? Why do you want to choose to, to agree with bondage? Suffering that is really like not necessary, I guess is the best way to put it. Yes, I have chosen to forgive those who wronged me to have peace in my life. I mean, what, is, what an amazing thing because forgiveness is really for us more than it is for them when it comes to relationships and how to be unoffended. I mean, I remember I was in a van one time with a guy who was walking through a fence that he had towards his father, and it was a bunch of men together. And we were, uh, we were just kind of walking through. We were actually with a couple pastors and I have no idea how I ended up on this trip because, um, yeah, I'll do this for another story. But I was in this van and we were all driving back from, from um, like a, this event that we went to. There were a couple of pastors and this one guy was walking through this unforgiveness they had with his dad. And I mean, rage coming out because he watched his dad beat his mom. Uh, and then his dad ended up dying in a fire before he could ever walk through forgiveness personally. I mean, talk about offense, right? When you see that kind of abuse in the home, when you see that kind of abuse in your family, I mean, that's your mother, right? And that's your father. Like that, that would break your heart. And that would also shape your perspective about men and fathers. And, you know, so we, we hear and see that happen all the time. People have triggers to the word father because of their perspective of their earthly father versus the father in heaven who's a perfect father. Anyway, so you can imagine what that would do to somebody. It would just eat away at you, right? And so now here's a guy who has offense towards his own family, his own blood, and he's carrying around that unforgiveness. And there was a moment where this other pastor was walking him through it and basically learned, and the pastor was able to walk him through it, I really believe, because of the authority he carried and having to do this himself in his own life. So it just shows you the power of when you're able to do this in your own life, the authority you carry to help others. And he was helping somebody, he was helping this young man walk through it as he was literally crying out to God in just rage and anger, wanting to forgive, but not able to let go. Wanting to forgive his dad for all the things that he'd done, but not able to let go. And the real, the real part of this, the real um, moment was when he made the choice, Lord, I, I want to forgive my dad who's no longer living. I just genuinely don't know how to let go. I need your help. And it was this honesty, right? It's this honesty that comes with it, where it's like, no, this is, 
this offense is hurting me more than uh, more than the alternative. This unforgiveness is hurting me more than the alternative. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm not like Mr. Dave Ramsey. I'm coming on a tangent here, but it's coming back on track, I promise you. Dave Ramsey, one of the things that he uh, suggests is like the first step to getting out of debt is becoming so sick and disgusted with the debt that you're in that you'll do anything to change it. And I think for people who are dealing with offense, like, look, that thing is sleeping with you in your bed. You got to become so sick and disgusted at the offense that you're living with that you'll do anything to get rid of it. And really what that anything looks like is making the conscious choice to say, Lord, I want to give this to you because whatever you have for me is better. And you're the God of great exchanges. You make great exchanges. And this is a great exchange because it's hard for me. And so even as you're just practically, you know, we were talking about the idea of how to become unoffended, even as you're practically going throughout your day, um, I want you to just maybe even think about that for yourself. It's like, man, am I just comfortable with my own offense? Am I just comfortable in what I've been living with? Or, or am I uncomfortable with it? You know, because at some point you get tired of yourself, if that makes sense. And when I say yourself, I'm not talking your true self. I'm talking about the person that's come into agreement with that offense, the person that's come into agreement with the anger and bitterness and resentment, the person that wants to just spew that out on everybody. You know, you come to a point where you just get tired of that person and you say, Lord, I know that, that the truth sets us free and this is not freedom. Whatever I've been living in is not freedom and I want to choose to live in freedom. So help me become conscious and aware of the choices I'm making daily. Help me see where I'm offended. Help me see the choice I have in the offense. Help me see a new perspective. Help me walk through my life with compassion. These are kinds of questions that we need to be asking, uh, or, or not questions, even statements. And then and you can turn those statements and, and those declarations into and those prayers into questions, very simply. You can turn those into questions and he'll answer you because he's faithful and he will. He'll answer you in different ways. Some ways you might not, not be expecting. It might be somebody, for example, I believe I'm speaking for some somebody, speaking to somebody right now. One of the ways he might answer you is having somebody who is unoffended when they have every right to be, have a conversation with you as you offend them, but they choose to be unoffended and you actually get to see in your heart, oh my gosh, that's what it looks like. And it's funny because God's kindness leads us to repentance. And so I'll leave it there with you guys is that I think there's an opportunity as you shift from believing that people nine times out of 10 are malicious to nine times out of 10 are ignorant. You might start to see or might have the ability to see that there's more opportunity for kindness and that kindness that God can give you, even in your own weakness, where you might, everything in your body might want to say, no, I don't want to be kind. I don't want to, everything in your body might tell you, no, I don't want to do this. You might start to see how actually that kindness leads people to change. And so you're not in control of other people, nor are you responsible for other people, but you are responsible for yourself. Uh, and so in your effort to, to do the things that are within your control and seek that perspective, I would just ask if God can give you some understanding of that kindness that leads people to change and repentance.